0: Welcome, welcome. We have a very, very special episode for you today. Uh, this episode is, uh, or this is—I don't know how to read. I—I I do this every time, man. Even in the main show, I just—I don't know how to read. Um, you better. <laughs> <and> I <write>. had <laughs> uh, But yeah, this is uh, this is episode three of our special episode series where we go really in depth on a topic. Today's episode, as you may be well aware of if you've listened to our previous special edition episodes, will not run like our usual episodes. Instead, we will be entirely focused on the topic at hand. And today's topic is the state of Nintendo. As you are aware, I am your host with the absolute most, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And here to discuss that subject with me today is my usual cohort in crime one, Austin Nintendo Power Stevens, and our very special guest from NintendoFuse.com and various Nintendo podcasts, Barry Get In, like the letter in, or Get Out, Carenza. Did, did I say that right? You said it right. Thank awesome. <laughs> so, h- how's it going tonight, gentlemen?
1: Doing great. I'm here. Yeah. Doing well. We're alive, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. we, we are live. We uh, all made it here.
1: <laughs> this
0: is going to bug me. I don't want Craig showing up on my screen. Okay.
2: Why? Um, Craig's a nice guy. He helps us.
0: Yeah, I know. Aww. Little little bot, Craig, the little teddy bear.
2: <laughs> that's that's
1: discrimination.
0: I right. <laughs> I'm, I'm specious <laughs> against bot
2: bears. Did you pick the icon, or is that just like a stock icon? I think it's like, just a stock
0: was... icon. There's okay. uh. I forget the other bot that I've seen in like various discords, but it, it has the same exact thing. It's like a little bear. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know how that works. I don't know technology I'm at that. I'm basically a luddite. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm quenching my thirst. Um, but yeah how how are how are you guys doing? Are you are you well tonight?
1: Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Very happy to be here.
0: Nice, nice to, nice to hear it. Uh, Nice to, nice to finally meet you. Austin has talked a lot about, uh, you guys, you guys have been corresponding back and forth. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes, the Um, pleasure's all mine now.
0: Well, well, thank you for being here.
2: Uh, Thank you. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, first things first, uh, before we actually get into the topic, why, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and just tell us about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so as, as it was already said, my name is Barry and, uh, I've been with NintendoFuse.com for over eight years now doing a podcast there and doing reviews and, and doing uh, video interviews and, uh, Game chats and stuff like that. Uh, been a real blast to be able to reach out to the community that way and to share my love for Nintendo. But that's not the only way I share my love for Nintendo. Um, on top of that, I've also been now a year and a half on the Switch Mania Playcast, which is another podcast. Um, and that one is usually uh, weekly, where we we will uh, play a game a week on the Switch and talk about it, kind of like a book club. Really, really oh, cool. Oh, nice. Oh, that's and really. And then on top of that, um, because uh, my friends who I do that with, which is Jeff and JP, uh, got together, we we, we made a video game publishing company where we are premium edition games. So we are now actually a physical publisher on the Switch because we all we all have physical games. And we have our first two releases out right now, which is Super Blood Hockey and Pigeon Dev Games Collection. So, you know. Definitely want to grab them. They are they're available at premiumeditiongames.com, and uh, we're we're really trying to raise the bar in quality and what you get. We're we're uh, doing this really cool thing where if you unbox our games, we're going to send you a a really cool patch, a little logo patch, and if you inside every game is a challenge card, which comes from the developers, and uh, if you do that and you let us know, we will also send you a patch corresponding to the game to show your physical achievement of conquering the challenge. So we really want to, uh, yeah, we want to do something cool. and That's uh, that's, very cool. That's what we love. We love to do things cool. But yeah, other than that, um, I have been studying the video game industry uh, for a very long time. And I've been a video game collector since I was literally born. And, uh, you know, it's just I love everything as much as I love Nintendo. And that is my absolute one passion. I do collect and i play everything from the odyssey to the ps5 and xbox series x so i do do love gaming i do embrace gaming and uh you know just uh, happy to just to talk to more people in the in the industry and in the you know in the culture because that's what it is you know gaming culture bringing people together and it's just a a really good community for sure
2: awesome i i'd love to hear that i'm i'm the only one here that hasn't been able to cop those two consoles yet (laughs) <laughs> i've been trying so hard not really for the xbox i i kind of was like i'll get around to the series x eventually i have oh, my pc quiet i'll get around to it but the the ps5 is just they've been killing me with their drops man they have been absolutely killing me and it's just it yeah. hasn't happened yet
1: you'll get it eventually
2: Yeah, one day in, like, three years, it'll be on store shelves for,
1: like... If if it's any consolation, the PS5 has, like, two exclusive games, and the majority of games are playable on other systems, Mm -hmm. and the majority I've used my PS5 is to play PS4 games that I just didn't get a chance to play yet. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's
2: what pretty much everyone has ever told me about the
1: PS5 so far. Everyone's like,
2: well, we're excited for Ratchet & Clank, that'll be cool. In a couple of months, <laughs> yeah, almost June. a year after the console's release. <laughs> that's a fair point, I guess.
1: But even I, the big ones coming out, like you know, Horizon Two is coming out, but that's also going to be on PS Four. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, oh, yay, big games! Oh, it's also on PS Four. So there's really is no rush.
2: That's still a game I need to get to. I'm going to get you, to it you eventually. Do. It, it, it's uh, I haven't I I bought it and uh, my son. While I was at work one day, my my mother in law uh, somehow managed to let my son uh, get a hold of the case for Horizon and The Last of Us, and he just absolutely wrecked those discs. Uh, he, but he's one years old. He's one. He's a one year old. So I'm like, if somebody allowed it to happen, I can't really be that mad that you did it. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know that you're doing it. You're just a goofy little boy. You don't understand.
1: You you mean you don't have your games protected behind like electric eyes, barbed wire or something like that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually have all my Switch games uh, locked up in my game room so I can make sure that under no circumstances are my kids ever in here unless I'm in here.
1: See, I'm building like a little turret like a sentry gun to just monitor. And like yeah. <laughs> when I have kids, you know, if they ever go, ooh, what's this game? It just like starts opening fire. And, you know, I'll, I'll explain it to my wife later. You'll
2: <laughs> figure it, it, it when, when she realizes how valuable these games are.
1: You'll know? <laughs> be like, ah, you know what? We lost the kid, but that copy of Mario is still okay.
2: <laughs> it's, free. it's free to make another kid, right? It's not yeah. get these games back.
1: Exactly. A little blood stain here or there is no big deal. No, I'm kidding. I would never do that. Maybe yeah. paintball. That wouldn't be fun. I, I, that would be pretty fun. That would be kind of fun. They'd probably love it and just fun. do it on purpose. Yeah. Uh, I,
2: <laughs> Josh can probably back me up on it, having met my kids. Uh, Josie would take that as a thrill. <laughs> my daughter would take that as an absolute thrill. Uh, yeah. I. Um, Josh, if you're if you're cool with moving on to moving on to this part, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had a couple questions written down that I wanted to ask you specifically uh, about, uh, kind of what all that you do. Uh, sure. It might be a little monotonous because you, you you came in swinging with the explanation. <laughs> sure, yeah, this is awesome. But um, how? <sighs> So, because of that, I have to reword my questions. Um, <laughs> so how how did uh, no it's it was perfect. Uh, how did the idea of premium edition games come about? Like um, and how and what is that what is that process like? Uh, talking to these devs and and getting the uh, whatever rights you have to go through. Um, I, I'm I'm just a, I'm just a fan. I don't I don't know how all that stuff works.
1: So what what's that I process would like. I would love to sit here and tell you that I was there at the very beginning, but I wasn't. Oh, okay. Um, I, um, it, it started because uh, Jeff and JP met at a con, and uh, they began discussing the possibilities and started looking into it. Uh, because Jeff is already a, a book publisher, and JP is very big in the Switch community, and uh, they got the ball rolling and uh, you know began a lot of those process. And they realized, you know that they were going to need assistance. And we had already been, like this started before I even joined the Playcast. And after I joined the Playcast and we, you know, we, we really worked well together, um, they asked me, they said, hey, you know, so here, this has been going on behind your back. You know, we haven't told anybody. No one knew at all. It was just between the two of them and, and a few developers that they had been talking to. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in, you know, like sign me up. I'm What do you need? (laughs) So, you know, ever since then, I've been, you know, there talking with some of the developers and, you know, emails and and phone calls. And uh, it's the process is really interesting because there's a lot to it. Um, You know, it's all, it's contracts, it's all legal. Um, And, you know, making sure that, Everyone's taken care of. And that's one thing we try to do is we want the developers to be taken care of. So 50% of the profit goes to our developers and 50% oh. to us. So we really want the developers to, you know, be happy mm-hmm. because a lot of times, you know, they may not get taken care of depending on on what's going on. And we, we want to make sure that, hey, if you're going to sign with us, we're going to take care of you. And oh, uh,
2: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: and it's it's nice, you know. We like we just do Switch right now. So like you know, in terms of exclusivity, we just have Switch exclusivity. So some of our games, you know, that we have will you know could come out on other platforms, and some do. Like in our Pigeon Dev Games collection, uh, we have awesome P1 and two. Uh, Red Art Games did the PS4 physicals for that, and Playasia did the Vita physicals. But we're the only ones that can do Switch. So uh, when you when you deal with that, it's a lot of you know who gets what. But it's it's fun because meeting the developers, you know a lot of them are just you know humble guys or, or girls you know they're just really down to earth and they're they're really passionate and that's one of the things we did with super blood hockey um, when people started sharing their challenge victories. the developer got in on it and started talking to them and you can tell he was on Cloud 9 and I've talked with him and I'm really happy for him because you know here's he you when you make a game you, put your heart and soul into it and then you put it out there and if it, you know, doesn't go viral, it doesn't, you know, light the world on fire, you may think, oh, maybe I'm a failure. And that's not true. There's a lot of games that just get lost because there's so many games every week that are put on the digital front. So it's kind of like, you know, seeing the game get a new life and and there were new life and it's just fantastic to see that reaction. And to me, like that was the, yeah, I'm happy I'm doing this because if it just for the developers alone, that is just such an awesome feeling that to help them get recognized and, you know, just like anything, you you create a work of art. You want to be recognized. You want just have people <laughs> hopefully enjoy it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um uh, before before I ask you about the 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 uh, multiple podcasts that you do um, or that you're a part of, if you can't answer, it's cool. I, I understand. I totally get it. Is there is there anything that is there anything in the works that you're allowed to talk about that you're excited for?
1: I'm, I'm assuming you're talking with Premium. Yeah. Um, well, I can say this: um, when we did our first direct, which was back in August when we came out. Uh we did actually talk about three games, not two. Mm-hmm. And the third game we teased was a robot named Fight. And one of the one of my many tasks is dealing with customer service. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many emails I get all the time. When is a robot named Fight coming? When is a robot named Fight coming? I'm waiting for a robot named Fight. It's in our Discord. And just you know, people always ask about that game because it's an awesome game. Mm-hmm. And I will say that we have some really interesting information that we will be bringing directly to all of our fans in the very near future
2: okay cool cool I, w- I was waiting on you i was waiting on you to drop it here and be like oh it's coming tomorrow it's all sticking out tomorrow <laughs> no. you guys are getting them to no,
1: no no um unfortunately see when when dealing with and COVID hasn't helped but when doing with yeah, any type of sure. physical games it's not just the game. Like if you just have a, a game in a case, it's just the game and it's just the artwork, the, you know, the, the inlay art. And that's mm-hmm. it in the case. Like it's, yeah. it's very cheap, but our games don't do that. We have the manuals. We've got the slip covers, you know, we've got the, the uh, challenge cards with, with our different editions. um, You know, we have the, the retro boxes um, with some, we have like this, which is the steel book for pigeon oh, dev, which God. is amazing. That's and beautiful. it's, it's the, most beautiful steel book I've ever seen uh, and and with things like that that unfortunately takes time and for example we have the retro and the the um the uh, deluxe versions of pigeon dev games collection you know still on our site and we have a lot sold but we haven't shipped any because those steel books are are on on a ship right now as we speak they are on their way we got a couple proofs in and just to make sure like everything's good and now they're on a ship. So it's going to take a little while. And that's the unfortunate thing. A lot of this stuff comes from overseas, from different manufacturing plants. And when we put it together, it's not just like, here's the ship's open. Here's your finished, you know, collector's edition. No, we're, we're actually piecing it together like a puzzle. So we have a few things like we have our, our, strategy guide. The book is done. We're waiting for it to arrive at our warehouse. So unfortunately with things like that, um, those are a little out of our hands. We're, we're just, at the mercy of, <laughs> of the postage. Um, yeah. But once, once those get in, um, we will absolutely send it out. We, we've been trying to delay um, really talking about anything future until those customers get the, you know their retro and their their deluxe pigeon okay. dev games because we want them to feel like they're not forgotten. Like oh, you're already moving on. Um, we might have to go ahead and, and announce a few things prior to depending on how long it takes. Uh, we're still we're we're kind of adjusting that and talking about that day to day. Yeah, we just taking it
2: by like, a day to day basis. Yeah.
1: We have no control over that. And I hate telling people, like, you just have to wait a little longer. Um, And I know a lot of people have been like, I want to get my challenge patch, but I've got the the deluxe. Or Are are they going to run out? Because we do have limited patches. And I've told everybody we have patches put aside for people who supported us. So okay. if you have that, don't worry. You know you're you're gonna get a chance because that would be the worst thing. Like, oh, thanks for supporting yeah. us, and yeah, you miss out because the the ship took a little longer. Like, no, we're not gonna do that to people. That's,
2: That's awesome. awesome. That's really cool that you guys are taking the time out to actually set aside. So, like, I, uh, I'm assuming by what you mean, like, you have you set aside like a specific number of patches per orders that are still waiting to be filled.
1: Yeah, we we That's have awesome. uh, okay. we have a certain amount printed. And we took we took some of those, and we we said these ones are allocated to once the deluxe and the retro are shipping, mm-hmm. uh, and, and for all we know, the the steel books can come before the books, and then the retros will ship before the deluxes. So mm-hmm. we will absolutely have you know some allocated. And We have some allocated for God forbid something lost or something like that too. You know, yeah. you have to do that with anything. But um, uh, <clears throat> we want to help everybody.
2: Uh, which which version? Uh, this is just a personal question, really. Which version of Pigeon Dev is the is the one that comes with that gorgeous steel book that you just
1: showed us? That actually is both the retro and the deluxe. Okay. So the retro will will get you this as well and it's awesome. It's even a TV on the back too. it's It's really freaking oh, that's cool. really cool. And And the inside of it is is the inside of a TV um, with the characters from Pigeon Dev in there. So that's super cool. That's that, that's such attention to, to little detail. That's super cool. I, I would love again to take credit. This is all Erica. She is our designer. She did a phenomenal job on that. Um yeah, But knock that out of the park. A hundred percent. Um, And then that, that comes in like the retro like NES style box. But then if you do get the deluxe, you still get that. You get other things like uh, an enamel pin, which I do have here little awesome P. Um, you get the the amazing deluxe guide um, that that uh, Steve and Jeff wrote. Um, that is that is a big guide and that's, that's old school. How to help you through all the games and stuff. And it's it's more than that. It's an art book. There's uh, interviews and stuff like that. We really want to make it a, a complete package. So either one will get you that steelbook though.
2: That's super cool. Uh, so what you're saying is I need to place my order for both available games like right now. <laughs>
1: Well, the, I will tell you that the, um, each of those, the retro and deluxe are limited to a thousand each, Mm -hmm. uh, where the regular, which is, which is our premium, um, is limited to 3000 and then super blood hockey is 5,000. It's just a premium. Um, 5,000 is the total print run. Okay. So
2: I, I I actually did check, uh, I actually checked while, while I was eating dinner, just to double check that they were still in that, uh, both of them were still in stock. And I was like, Oh God, please wait till Thursday.
1: They are still in stock. I will say that they they are selling very well, and I, I I am very happy with the way it's going. But here's the thing: we're still a new company. Not everybody knows us. Not everybody has heard of us. Uh, we've seen this as a as a across the board. You know, breach and clear didn't sell it instantly from limited run. Tokyo Forty Two didn't sell it instantly from strictly limited. You know, um, human mm-hmm. fall flat didn't sell it instantly from super rare. Uh, I think once Robot Named Fight is on the on the store, people will be like, oh, I'm grabbing all the games and yeah. uh, we're going to see the the remaining stock. And of course, cons Oh, when cons come back, we'll be, you know, there and we'll have some to sell in person and stuff, which will be really cool.
2: That's super cool. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely uh, uh, as soon as I'm able to this week, I'm definitely going to be picking up both. I, I adore I adore the 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 almost NES style uh, slip cover. Uh, I, I think stuff like I think the little additions like that are, are really what make uh, uh, products such as what you guys are doing
1: yeah that that, that was uh, something we kept secret until mm-hmm. the unboxings came out and we were just so happy to see you know the reactions from people like oh my god this is so cool because uh, awesome. we, we wanted to leave it a little you know surprise and, and stuff like that
2: um uh, I love that I'm I've, I've found these groups of people that it, are dedicated that are are pretty dedicated to to uh, preserve that library because the Switch has very easily in the last year become my favorite console of all time. Uh, it, it has a library literally for everyone. Agreed. There there is something everybody will like and play on on that on that little beautiful console that Nintendo just. I wonder I wonder if
1: Nintendo knows that they, they might as well have just been printing money when they made this game. <laughs> Uh Maybe. Uh, you know, that could have been one thing. But there is one area where the Switch does falter a little bit um, mm-hmm. besides, you know, third-party, you know, AAA stuff. Uh, it's sports games, which I'm not a big sports guy, but definitely sports games, uh, you know, especially without EA. But, but- – that's why we did super blood hockey. Cause it's the only hockey game actually on the switch. So it's the only way to get physical hockey. Um, so we're like, cool. we got to do that. We got to fill that void because there's no NHL two K and there's no, you know, NHL was alive or whatever from EA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have that. So we're like, let's get some hockey action on there.
2: Yeah, I, I I love all the companies that are. Um, I I don't buy from too many. I bought from Limited Run a, a handful of times, uh, before my collection got stolen, I had a. Uh, I know I bought Divinity Divinity Two from them. I bought Torok One and Two from them. Um, but uh, that that's super awesome. I can't wait to be able to pick up uh, the releases you guys have so far. Um, yeah. Uh, I will be also trying to get my pre-order in 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 the in the upcoming game because it it it, it sounds super
1: cool. Well it, I will say right this um, yeah if you like Super Metroid, um mm-hmm. you'll like it. It's Super Metroid rogue roguelike. It's very, very cool. Um, One of the things that we do with our games are the slipcovers, and those are actually done by Paul Niedermeyer, who Mm -hmm. did the Mortal Kombat, he's most famous for Mortal Kombat, sorry. So all the art that that is on the cover of these games, this is all done by Paul. It's beautiful art. And going forward with the robot named Fight and all those, we're going to have them open for a pre-order for a set period of time, and the slipcover will be exclusive to those pre-orders. So. Right now, if you buy our games, you will get them. All our games have them. Going forward, we want to really, you know, thank those that, you know, give us the pre-orders in advance um, for these awesome games. So those going forward will be exclusive. So, you know, you have, a, again, it's going to be like a four-week period. So hopefully you don't miss it. Yeah, I'm like, to stay and on top awesome. of you
2: guys because I uh, yeah. definitely want to start getting that line while it's fresh.
1: And I'll tell you, it's, it's looking really nice. We yeah. are already working on a lot of that stuff. That's super cool. Um,
2: so the next couple of things I wanted to ask you about are the uh, the, the, pod, the podcasts that you mentioned. Is it, is it just those two?
1: Um, yeah. So as a regular, I'm just on Nintendo Fuse, which is usually every other Tuesday nights at 830. And that, that is one that we do uh, live. And we do live on video. So not only are we, you know, right there for everybody, then you can see it on YouTube afterwards. So, you know, the, the recording is done, but also on all you know, podcast platforms, then um, that's, that's been such a great joy to, to do with two of my good friends, you know, Steve and Greg, and just, we, again, we, we just talk Nintendo and, and uh, unfortunately there, I'm the only physical collector, a real physical collector. So I'm, I'm in the minority. I
2: feel but, uh, <laughs> I understand that. Yeah, there you go. Josh, I'm looking hard at you. <laughs> the guy who roasts me for collecting physically. Oh, no. I do not. No, no, no. It's Dylan that does because Dylan's PC Master Race.
1: Oh, God. But uh, but yeah, I've done other podcasts. Uh, I'm good friends with the people at Nintendo Everything and I've been uh, you know on okay. their podcast a couple times, which has been a joy. And and I just I, I'll just go on to any podcast pretty much that, you know, is like, hey, come on, you know, let's, let's chat video games I'm I, my wife's understanding I'd be like yeah I'm gonna be downstairs for the next couple hours podcast you know <laughs> so that's it's, super cool. you know I, I was I, just on uh just digital um they just had a you know did an interview it was really really cool guys. and uh you know I've done stone age gamer and you know just a bunch of why are you a gamer and it's just just a bunch of different podcasts if they'll have me I'll be on <laughs>
2: that's awesome I uh, I think that's that's so cool seeing more and more people <laughs> Get lucky with their significant others that are like, yeah, go talk about video games for a couple hours. I, th- I think my wife lets me do-, do it so she doesn't have to hear about it for a couple <laughs> hours.
1: I, I met my wife through a video game, so I, I'm like, okay. That, there that's we go. Awesome. You know my hobby already. Done. That, that's super cool.
2: Um, I, I I somehow managed to trail off topic. Even uh, writing this stuff down, <laughs> the whole point while I brought up the the DS things, um, there it's not really a con. I think it's more of like a like a a, a swap meet. Um, but there there is a swap meet in Athens, Georgia, on, on wow. April twenty fourth, and I didn't know if you were in any of those groups and uh, had any plans on attending that or anything like that. <laughs>
1: I'm, I, I'm not one that's big on travel. Like I'm, I've just never, like I've done it when I was younger and all that stuff. It's like, okay, cool. But especially with the way the world is right now, it's like travel is kind of one of those, you know, down to Georgia, you know, I'm coming from the North, you know, it's a flight and all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm getting my second shot later this week. So I was like, you know, even still like when, when the world I think is more back to normal. I'd probably do things like that, but you have to yeah. remember, even when traveling for a swap meet, like I have to bring stuff, which means I got to pack, and then I, whatever I buy, I have to bring back. Like if it's if it's within driving distance, that's so much easier than like flying. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately, you know Georgia's not a neighbor to me, so it's going to yeah. be a, either a very long drive or, or a flight. So it's like I hate those things because you have to really figure out you know how you're going to take things. So local stuff you know, absolutely. I'll go to, especially when, uh, when COVID is done.
2: Yeah. Me and my wife are trying to get our shots right now. We're planning a, uh, we're planning on a vacation. We, well, I say plan, but we already paid, and booked it. Uh, we booked a vacation to, uh, Tampa, uh, next month. And we were like, okay, we really want to go to the beach, but like, we also need to get vaccinated before we go to a cesspool like Florida. Yes. Like <laughs> we need to get vaccinated before we leave this County.
1: Plus, plus the water. I mean, how many people will sneeze in the water mm-hmm. or spit in the water or urinate in the water? Who knows? What yeah, else?
2: we luckily me and my wife, uh, we're not we're not beach people like we just that's just not something that we're into. Uh, I am somehow 24 years old and don't know how to swim. Oh uh, so it's just not just not a thing for me. I just don't really care about it. Honestly, the only we, we just wanted to go on a vacation and we got a good rate at a uh, fairly nice, uh, 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 hotel in, in Tampa. And, uh, the only, re- honestly, the only reason why we're going to the beach is because my daughter has never been to the beach before. Oh, okay. So I want my daughter to see the beach and the sand and the water and have that experience. But even then we might be there for like an hour and a half and I'd be like, okay, let's go do something a little safer. Let's go do something that's not such a cesspool.
1: Well, here, here's a, here's a question you have to ask. She's one, right? My daughter's four. Oh, sure. So so. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay. So your daughter will remember it. So say at one years old, you're not going to remember anything. I don't yeah. remember anything at one. No, my my
2: son is probably just going to try to eat the sand or something.
1: <laughs> probably <laughs> he's, he's
2: just going to try to eat the sand, beach towel, and umbrellas. Meanwhile, Josie's going to be probably running circles, kicking sand up like the like the Tasmanian devil that she tends to be. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, that that's that's. That's awesome. I, I love I love the whole concept behind premium edition games. Like I said, I, I love all these companies that are trying to preserve these otherwise uh, these games that would probably otherwise only get digital releases, mm-hmm. and that's not fair to a lot of developers because I imagine, uh, like I said, I'm not involved in anything in the industry. I just spend dumb amounts of money on it. <laughs> um, I have I have to imagine it, it's easier to get recognized and it's easier to get noticed when there's something physical that has something you created on it that's being passed around. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not passed around. Maybe that's a bad way to say it, but like being sold and being resold and stuff like that. It's easier to get your studio recognized as opposed to being put with the other mass amount of ninety nine cent shovelware that floods the Nintendo eShop.
1: Oh um, yeah. I agree yeah. with
2: that. And, uh, not saying anything bad about those shovelware developers. Every on, I, I think every game has has its purpose. Whether it's right for me, that that's another thing entirely. Every Absolutely. game has its purpose. I, I don't really, I don't really like calling games shovelware because I feel like that's not fair to the people who spent hours and probably sleepless nights working on it. Um, it, it, there's a game is something for somebody. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. So, uh, Josh, did you have um, did you have any questions uh, you wanted to ask? before we moved on? Oh, okay.
0: Sorry, uh, the door was closing, so I just had, I needed to make sure that it wasn't, like, in oh, the audio. Okay. Um, your cat's opening
2: your door again?
0: Yeah, because I have uh, cats with, like, opposable thumbs. <laughs>
1: hey, my cat could do it.
0: Um, actually, hang on, give me one more second. <laughs>
1: the cats <Okay>. are invading.
2: <laughs> okay, well, while, while he's doing that, I'll... Uh, <laughs> Oh, or uh, you're back? Okay, uh,
0: yeah. So the only the only question I guess I had for you uh, is more in in the um, uh, going back to your your publishing uh, company is do you guys do you guys only do physical
1: publishing? Right now, we are only doing physical, but we have uh, discussed the possibility of doing digital publishing on games that we will be doing a physical so like if a game maybe it's not originally coming to the switch you know and we're like oh well, we want to do a physical on switch maybe we'll do the digital publishing and the physical publishing for that um okay. that's something we've discussed it's not something that you know is is done yet but we we want to keep the door open um but the other thing is we're, we're really trying to go slowly you know we, we don't want to flood the market with a hundred games we're trying to do, you know, our yeah. goal is for a year and we're going to see give or take how that goes. Um, maybe it'll be five or maybe it'll be three. Like it really depends. Um, but we, we don't want people to be, Oh my God, another company. I don't have the money to to go for a collection. Cause a lot of people go for everything on yeah. uh, full sets and, and we want to make it so that, Hey, you know what? You can at least hopefully keep up uh, with that.
2: For sure. Yeah, for sure. Sure. That
1: makes total sense. Um,
2: I was going to say something, and it slipped my
1: mind. <laughs> <laughs> that have, you'll, you'll remember an hour later and be like, oh, yeah. I will. I will. I'll
2: remember <laughs> the end of the episode for sure.
1: Well, good. <clears throat>
0: well, uh, with that said, why don't we go ahead and get started on our topic of for the sure. show. Um, one thing is probably clear to anyone who listens to our podcast. Austin is the Nintendo guy. I love my switch death and I'm very nostalgic for the NES and SNES era of Nintendo, but I'm not as ingratiated into that community as he is. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't pay attention and such. Uh, but I have some thoughts about where Nintendo is currently in comparison to the other two giants of the industry, Xbox and PlayStation. That said, To keep me in line and get a more unbiased look at the company and how it is currently sitting, I brought in Austin and Barry in order to really get into the weeds on where Nintendo currently stands and what may be on the horizon. Uh, So I think where we should start is how we got to where Nintendo currently is. And a couple of the points that I had written down is that uh, this is year for the switch and we're sitting the last, according to this, I'm looking at Nintendo's actual website right here. As of December 31st of 2020, the switch had sold 79.87 million units. We are in April. So it is definitely over 80 million at this point. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Um, and, by sales figures it was the best selling console of all of 2020 so with that said how do you guys feel about Nintendo as it currently sits uh, i'll 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 give it to Barry first yeah you know, all right. for well,
1: sure well first off uh, this is actually year 5 of the switch not year 4 Oh, um, yeah, that's we, right. We are in the fifth year. Uh, time is certainly flying.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the, the four-year anniversary was, what, like a month ago?
1: March 3rd, yeah. So we're actually in the fifth year now. Um, I think Nintendo, like, getting here, um, it really makes sense how they got here in this in, in the way that, if you look at the Wii U, I mean, the Wii U was really the Switch prototype. It mm-hmm. died so that the Switch could live. And, and when it comes to handhelds, you know, Nintendo's always been king. Doesn't matter. Nintendo has always been king of the handhelds. So, combining, you know, their their strongest avenue of handhelds with their struggling development of home consoles made sense. And this was Awada's dream. You know, he didn't get to live to see it come to fruition, but this is what he was aiming for, what he was going for. And you can tell that there's a lot of love and attention that was put into the Switch just with how versatile it is. And that really resonated with players. Uh, having Breath of the Wild at launch certainly helped. Um, oh, yeah. But, but when, you, when you're dealing with a market where in a a sense you're the only competitor you know they're the only handhelds around unless you count the you know the evercade but that's not really a real heavy competitor at all uh you have mobile phones but i think mobile has set in its own you know genre they don't really compete anymore and i've noticed a lot of people have started embracing handhelds You know, I know a lot of like PC guys or Xbox guys or PlayStation guys who didn't really even look at Nintendo. You know, they're like, as they get older in age, they start having kids and they can't sit and they can't game like they used to. And they're like, oh, well, you know what? I've got to sit and watch my son or my daughter as they're sleeping, but I can have my Switch here. And now I can play games like Witcher 3 or Doom and all that stuff. And I could still play those games and enjoy those games, maybe not as 4k or as high res, but I can still enjoy them and, and still enjoy time with my child. And that changes things. And then to immediately go right to the TV when you do have time to sit, um, that is a real game changer, um, for people with busy lives prior to COVID, you know, especially in Japan, you know, a lot of people are are on the go. They're, they ride the train to work, you know, and they're, they're able to play. They're, you know, they, they're very minimalistic. So they don't, maybe I mean, we only have one room with a big TV. So they, you know, they could play in bed or whatever. Uh, Nintendo was very smart on leveraging that. Mm-hmm. Now, my only hope is that they don't follow Sony in terms of becoming arrogant. And they start to, uh, they start to actually you know, improve upon and don't get complacent. Like, Oh yeah, we're look at us, We're best-selling console of 2020. We don't have to do anything. No, you have to always evolve or you're going to be left behind. And Nintendo is the king of innovation. We just wanted them to innovate in the right way.
2: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. For, I, I agree with everything you said. (laughs) Uh, the, the only thing, uh, that I think, um, would be different in my thought process is strictly because of where I live. And I, I use my switch like all the time, but it's almost never in handheld.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm the same way. I I play 99% doc, but I'm just saying for the the majority of people just having that freedom.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, for, for sure. Like if I, if I lived in New York, that's handheld would be almost exclusively (laughs) how I played or, or Japan, you know, the home country of Nintendo. (laughs) Like this, this thing is made specifically for those people. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, I guess the, the question I'll pose to Austin then, because I mean, I think Barry just nailed it. I I don't think. Honestly, I don't Uh,
2: know if there's anything else that we can say that he say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what do you, Austin, what do you think is, is keeping the success of the switch like up here because it's, it's very obvious to me and uh, probably to the both of you that the switch kind of like it started successfully. It, It was, it was really successful at launch and you couldn't find them anywhere. And then it kind of had like a little lull. And then over the last two years, it's just like taken off. Like I think if, if I'm remembering this correctly, Sometime around, like, June-ish of 2019, the sales for the Switch started overtaking PlayStation 4 and Xbox. And then, basically, all of last year, it ran Xbox and PlayStation, like, out of the water. Like, it just was like, I'm going to take this. So, what do you think is is keeping that momentum?
2: So... uh i'm i'm super glad that that's the question you asked because that was actually like what 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 i was thinking about what i was forming in my head uh kind of what i said earlier when when uh, uh barry was you know uh more or less introducing himself when we were asking him about what all he's involved in M- my favorite thing about the nintendo switch is it is like i said it is literally a console for everybody there is a there there are games for every demographic uh, my wife, for example, my wife has never really been a big, uh, big into video games. She's just my wife's the kind of person that she would and uh, she would rather just spend two hours scrolling through TikTok and watching funny videos in her free time. Um, but not knocking that. That's cool. If that's what you want to do. I think TikTok's hilarious sometimes. Um, but when it came to the switch. Uh, you know, I, I bought I bought my first Switch. I didn't buy it at launch. I bought my first Switch summer of 2018. Uh because I've always been a Pokemon guy. I've always been a DS fan. Uh when they announced uh the Let's Go games for the Switch, I was like, that's it. You guys made the jump. You you moved the fr- you move the franchise over. I've got to buy it. I've got to buy one now. I've been putting it off for too long and too long. Um so I finally picked it up. Uh, uh some of my first games on the console were Pokémon Tournament, uh, Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8. Uh, Breath of the Wild was one of the first games I ever purchased for it that just blew my mind entirely. Um, it, it is literally for everybody. And and Madison, she you know, she started seeing me use it. She was like, it looks kind of cool. Like, you know, she tried playing Breath of the Wild. She tried playing Mario Kart. She loved Mario Kart. She played it as a kid on the DS. She loved it. And then it eventually got to a point where she was like, "Is can we? Can I get my own? Because I kind of want to play and I'm kind of tired of you hogging it. Can I get my own? So I got, we got her her own on that one. And it, it really is a game for everyone. There's games on, there's games I can buy for, for my daughter. Uh, I thought about, I hardcore thought about for my daughter's uh, fourth birthday, picking her up that, that, uh, coral switch light. Oh, yeah. But then I was like, you're four. I'm going to wait a little bit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, so there's games like that, that I can buy for my daughter. And then Pokemon has the new Pokemon snap. You know, my daughter, she, she's four years old. She's not really at like the, she, she, can, she can kind of figure figure out how a word is, is shaped and spelled what it says, but she's not, she can't read whole, you know, a whole paragraph by herself. Uh, and as much as she loves Pokemon, that's just not really a game she can get into yet. But something like Pokemon snap, where all you're doing is going around and taking pictures. It's perfect for her. Uh, and so you got games like that, and then you've got games like The Witcher, and all those super hardcore RPG fans, and then you've got games like, for me, like uh, uh, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I, I am a huge anime guy. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure the guys rip into me at least once an episode for it, at one form or another. Um, uh, and, and like I just, I just picked up four uh, Switch imports. I picked up uh, Super Robot Wars XV and T. And then I nice. picked up the uh, the physical that they just released for uh, uh, SD Gundam G Generation Genesis that finally got an English uh, subtitle release.
1: Uh, Don't feel bad; I have them too. Yes,
2: <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge Gundam fanatic, and like, like I said, anyone that's listened to this podcast has heard me talk about it. Uh, I'm a huge Gundam fanatic, so having those games on the Switch is just it's that's really what draws me in the 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 switch has a almost like a whole sub demographic for just anime fans in general with with some of the content that comes to the switch i don't know i i don't know if i've seen anything quite exclude well actually yeah i guess i have i guess uh sd gundam g generation crossrays uh was technically well it's also on steam but it, uh, the only console it came to was the Switch. That's a big draw for me is it has this whole almost like anime, anime license community behind it that I really hope just keeps thriving. Um, and I think, I think that's how Nintendo managed to become the best selling console of all time, because it was a console that, that people could buy where if it was just, if they were, you know, single and lived alone, there was any, there was any genre that they could play on it. Um, Uh, if if they have a significant other uh, there's there's bound to be something that both them and their significant other love if they have kids there's bound to be something the kids can love there's games that they can play together with their kids like you know super mario party and even though i heard super mario party on the switch was pretty bad Uh, that's fun is
1: it it's just only four boards that's the only Um, negative
0: so i have a uh, i have a question uh you said that it's the, the best-selling console of all time. What do you mean?
2: Oh, uh, did I say that? I didn't mean yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my bad. That's my not bad. I definitely did true. not mean this. Isn't it like the PS2 or something? It's the, yeah. yeah, it's the PS2. That's what I thought. I did not mean to say that. I meant 2020. Um, oh, okay. I, and uh, you, you misspoke. Yeah, it happens. I
0: do it all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I... I'm going to be honest. I'm sure a lot of people feel this way. I think COVID had a lot to do with with switch becoming king of 2020. Uh, You know, like I, like I already said, parents were stuck at home with their kids. Uh, Not saying that parents don't enjoy that. I would love to be stuck at home with my kids. It would be a dream come true, but in a perfect world, I could do that. Um, You know, parents were stuck at home with their kids and some parents weren't able to go to work because daycares were shut down and schools were shut down. They had to work from home um and then even the parents who were just you know didn't really have to work but were still getting paid to stay home uh they 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 could pick up this little console I, I mean if you could pick up the console it was virtually selling out everywhere by the end of March early April of last year um but th- there was something the whole family could do and I I think that is what brought this I think that is what made the switch uh, have the up, up uh up climb that it has, and I think that's what made it dominate last year. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it did it again this year, because it's not like the PS5 and the Series X have enough units yet to do it.
1: Yep, yeah.
0: that is that is definitely a concern. So, uh, I, I think you definitely touched on the on the pandemic and probably the the lack of of games on the new consoles, but. Uh, one thing that, um, I, I would like to maybe put out there, uh, and and maybe Barry, you can, you can speak to this, but like something I have noticed that Nintendo does very specifically as opposed to Xbox and PlayStation is they have like big event titles. Mm -hmm. So like, and this ties into the pandemic also, obviously, but like, Animal Crossing last year yeah. was gigantic. Like you you couldn't, it was sold out everywhere. They had the special edition uh, switches and those sold out like almost immediately. Those were very hard to find. Mm-hmm. So that's something that Nintendo does, I think, way, way better than PlayStation and Xbox. And I, I, I wonder if, if you think that that has any contribution to their success.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. Um, I absolutely. Uh, if you look at 2017, you know they launched with Breath of the Wild. They came out swinging. You know they followed it up with Mario Kart Deluxe. They had a summer with Arms and with Splatoon 2, and then they ended the year with Super Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It was a phenomenal year, and that's just the bigger stuff. There were there were obviously smaller titles in between, poking Tournament and stuff like that. Uh, that was a uh, an amazing year. 2018 is where you saw it falter, and that's because there's no way any company can follow up a year like that with another year like that. There has to be time to develop games. So 2018 had a lot of Wii U ports to fill in and a lot of smaller titles. And while it still had some event titles like Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, uh, Super Mario Party, and of course Smash Brothers, um, it was a smaller year overall. Because of that, um, those event titles came at the end of the year. The beginning of the year was, which much smaller. Uh, I think Yoshi's Crafted World was that year, as well. Whereas Kirby, it was either Yoshi or Kirby, I forget. But uh, I think it was Kirby. But you know, um, with with that happening, you go into twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, you you were able. To, hey, it's been two years. Now we're going to start getting those event titles again. It was Yoshi that came out, I think, early twenty nineteen. And you know, you you had uh, you know the end of the year with Pokemon Sword and Shield, which was was huge. Mm-hmm. And and just just started Luigi's Mansion three, you had Xenoblade you had um, you had uh Link's Awakening, you had Demon X Machina, you had Dragon Quest XI-S, you had just these big astral chain, you know, just these these titles that were just it was one after the other after the other. Uh and, and, of course, going into 2020, the pandemic hit with, with Animal Crossing, and that just took it away. Uh, and the other consoles, they didn't have anything to really show for it because Sony depends on third parties, although they do have some great first parties that they like to milk. Uh, and, and, uh, just get to that. we will get to that, (laughs) but, uh, and Microsoft has virtually no exclusives and, and they go by their trifecta of, of Halo Gears of War Forza. And if Mm -hmm. you like those games, then that's fantastic. But if you don't like those games, then they don't really have much else. Granted, they, they're buying all these studios now, but you know, they, they like to throw the word exclusive in all their presentations to say, look, we have games, but, um, they don't have the... Again, Halo is an event title for some people. Uh, you know, absolutely. And Gears is an event title and Forza. And that's fine if those are your event titles. But they come out few and far between, and that's all they have. So if mm. they don't have anything for you, <clears throat> you're not excited. Third party, there's absolutely event titles too. You have, you have Madden, you know, NBA, you have Call of Duty, you know, all the Grand Theft Auto. But again, they either come out every year, so... You know, some people get excited about it. Other people go, I've seen this, done this, new something new. Or they come out once every 10 years like Grand Theft Auto. Or you just keep milking Grand Theft Auto 5 forever. You know, whatever you want to do. So I think that's one of the reasons Nintendo really hit the nail, of, you know, hit the ball of the park, really. I mean, they just, they just keep doing these event titles. And they, if you look at the Switch's library, e- even if you take out the Wii U ports or enhanced ports, it's still an amazing first party and exclusive library. And then if you throw those ports in, you have to remember, you know, when, when companies will do a port, you know, sometimes you get Last of Us Remastered on PS4 or God of War 3 on PS4. They're, they're, they're already, you know, not games that aren't that old, but games that sold millions of units. The Wii U only sold 13 million units. So Mario 3D World didn't get the outreach it should have. You know, token Tournament didn't, or, or LEGO City Undercover, or Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So these are really a second life on a system, you know, that does have the audience versus the system that absolutely did not. Oh, mm-hmm. for 100% sure.
0: Agree. 100% um, agree.
1: Uh,
2: one thing I wanted to touch on: uh, m- we were talking about event titles, uh, I, I, especially for last year alone. I, I would super argue that Animal Crossing is, is probably one of the probably one of, if not the best event title Nintendo has had so far. And I don't even think they meant for that to happen. Um, yeah,
0: I'm not sure that they did either. I'm I'm pretty positive if if I'm remembering mm-hmm. this correctly, Animal Crossing is the best selling game of last year.
1: Oh yeah. But yeah.
0: It's it's not technically considered that because NPD for whatever reason only counts the physical releases for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But if you if you would if you were to count in digital sales for Animal Crossing, it's the number one best selling game of last year.
1: Yeah. Well, you also have to remember with a game like Animal Crossing versus a game that's on other platforms, when you look at like oh Call of Duty outsold, Call of Duty is on You know, multiple platforms Mm, for a game like Animal Crossing to top that list on one console Mm -hmm. speaks volumes. It's ridiculous. Uh, As for Animal Crossing, I think it's always been a bigger deal. I remember it was E3 2019. It was delayed. It was announced that it was delayed. And like, Mm -hmm. even though that E3 was amazing, Breath of the Wild 2 and all that stuff, the stock price went down. Because investors were unhappy because Animal Crossing was delayed. That one game, like investors were like, oh, no, you know, play, building is burning. Let's sell, sell, sell. And and it just shows you the the impact that one game has. And now especially, I mean, it's just I don't know if you <clears throat> attempted to get the, the Sanrio San uh, Amiibo cards from Target for animal oh, crossing I that did. was a that was a cluster screw i did and yeah I, I got them too but that was a cluster screw and it was just one of those things where it just shows now granted some of these people are absolutely scalpers but it just shows yeah. the amount and and the previous amiibo cards i don't know if you guys have even seen the price on them they're ridiculous saying like
2: My wife wanted them so bad and they're ridiculous
1: the the welcome amiibo set that was the fifth set which is only 50 cards is going for over a thousand dollars Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's insane for the American. Mm-hmm. So Animal Crossing is is big business. I mean, and they just did a Build-A-Bear right now, right?
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the biggest draws to Animal Crossing, especially during COVID, um, I can't speak for other parts of the world because, um, and I'm not going to dive too much further into what I'm about to say, uh, America was a little later than other countries in the world as far as getting on top of the whole COVID-19 thing. Um, but, uh, at least in my state, in, in, in Josh and I stayed in Georgia, um, we, I think if I remember correctly, we actually went into our first major, like full statewide lockdown, uh, the week before, uh, animal crossing came out. Cause for some reason it took us that long. Um, yep. uh, which was, uh, actually the week of my birthday. It was literally the day of my birthday uh, uh, Kemp uh, came, came on TV and said, uh, okay, we're locking it down. You know, if you don't have to work, do not leave you, please don't leave your home. It's not necessary. Unless it's a dire emergency or you're an essential worker, please don't leave your home. Um, uh, I remember there, they were, there were, they were enforcing it somehow. And I, I don't think anything really ever happened. I haven't heard of anybody ever really being punished for, you know, going about their normal day to day business. Um, but like with Animal Crossing, you 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 had uh, like with high schools, you had high school shut down. There were seniors that didn't get to graduate. I mean, they graduated, but they didn't get the they didn't get the ceremonies that they wanted. They didn't get the proms that they had already paid. You know, uh, I, I don't know how other places do it. But like I know in Gwinnett County uh, where I went to high school, prom is a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you got to pay your you got to pay your due, your senior and junior dues. You got to do all that. And and a lot of these parents paid that money just for a lot of school systems, even in Gwinnett County, to be like, we can't have prom, but we're not going to reimburse your money because we needed it. So, um, and and you had like I remember my niece telling me that uh, there were people that she went to school with that were supposed to graduate that that year. That there were classes that would get together and they would have uh, they would have graduations uh, in Animal Crossing. They would have uh, prom. Yep. They would have proms in Animal Crossing. They would have uh, you know if if there was a group of friends and all, all of them had switches in Animal Crossings, they they would get on Discord or they would get all get on Facetime and call each other and, and just socialize in Animal Crossing. And I think that was a I think that that was a really big push that. Even people like me, I've never, I had never played an Animal Crossing game before until it uh, released on the Switch. And uh, my wife got it. My wife was just ecstatic about it. She, uh, I think she has over 500 hours in that game. Uh, she's super deep into it, whereas I think I have four, maybe four and a half. Um, it just wasn't for me. It's just not my type of game, but I understand what it did for. I, I see what it did for the world as far as, as far as socializing with other human beings go. And I think that was a big push for not only the game, but the console that year as well. So I just wanted to throw that in there
1: while we were talking about it. hundred percent agree.
0: For sure. Um, so the, uh, the next thing I wanted to maybe talk about, and, and I think that this is probably going to be like a short one, but, but uh, so Throughout the last year or so, and I I, I want to preface this by saying that I think that this has a lot to do with COVID, uh, and not necessarily Nintendo themselves, but uh they haven't had a whole lot of directs. Mm-hmm. Um there's been like long stretches of silence with with nothing being said. And then when those directs actually happen, they're by most people's standards, a little bit lackluster. And I just want to maybe pose the question, do you think that this marketing is is hurting the Switch in any meaningful way?
1: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, the, the lack of Direct certainly hasn't helped. Uh, I think we've all become accustomed to... Uh, you talk about event games, and Directs were events. They, you know, they used to do a Nintendo New York. They used to have let people up there and they would watch on the big screen. You could like you could watch YouTube reactions, but they would just let people there and just watch yeah. the direct. It's awesome. Like that energy in the room, just the, the positive energy, um, you know, 2019 or 2020. We, we didn't really have anything. We had a mini in March, I believe. And then we had those partner directs later on. We didn't get anything at E3. Like it was a really bummer year uh, for sure. And, and so far, you know, in 2021, we had the, the one direct, the full-blown direct, which was great. But whenever you're dealing with that type of, of avenue of giving people information, you're always, like, it's impossible to please everybody. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see people who say that was the best direct ever. You're going to say that was the worst direct ever. And the truth is Nintendo can never please everybody. It's impossible. You know, I will stand by the fact that if Nintendo made a direct direct, they said here's every game you could ever want it's all coming out it's all coming out today we're giving it to you for free we're giving everybody in the world five switches we're giving everybody in the world a billion dollars and and over the next 10 years here's all the games that are going to come out we're going to give you all of those for free there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be upset that's going to be like some, this was the worst yeah
2: <laughs> there's going to be somebody that's that says well, well why is it only five why are yeah. we getting five switches i have six kids
1: Exactly. There's always I mean? going to be so. So I do think that that i not necessarily think it hurt them, but it, it definitely made you know fans really uh, desirable for for that information. And without E3, I mean, E3 was, you know, like a Christmas to gamers and we didn't get it last yeah. year. We did get other things. It was a Summer Game Fest and uh, New Games Plus Expo and, and stuff like that, uh, which carried over into this year, too, which is really nice because it's more shows. But a lot of the COVID just hurt development. You know, a lot of studios, they, they're they just unable to, and especially Japanese because mm-hmm. Japanese are minimalistic, and you know, with, with Smash Brothers, they they sent you know everything was like, oh, we're gonna work on the characters at home, and it's a very big difference. You know, uh, if you follow Final Fantasy 14 all, all that whole staff had to go at home, and they didn't even have room for computers. Some of the devs, you know, they had to purchase computers for some of these people and and figure out ways to get it into their house so that they can continue working. So it took everybody like a collective two to three months just to get used to this new way of working mm-hmm. so that that hurt game development across the board mm-hmm. and uh you know for those that i want my game i want it now you know you can't please those people but if you think logistically nintendo did i think the best they could have done like you can tell like the mario direct was supposed to be an e3 thing and all that stuff and you know they they, they worked with the cards that they were dealt as You know, Sony and Microsoft did as well. That's really all you can do, and you do have to try and, you know, realistically cut them slack, like any other company, because COVID Mm -hmm. changed the world.
2: (laughs) I, I, I think, I I think game development, like you said, was definitely hurt. Um, As far as you know, the lack of lack of directs and lack of games, uh, you know, big title games really coming out on the Switch uh, uh, last year. Um, I don't I don't really think it hurt the Switch's ecosystem as a whole, because uh, I, I looked it up while, while we were t- while you were uh, talking about it. Uh, for example, the PS4, from what I've read, um, from what I just read, the PS4 has a total of one thousand three hundred and sixteen games available uh, to play on it. Um, Xbox uh, beats that uh, by a, by almost a thousand with 2,714 and then Nintendo comes out of the gate. As of right now, there are 3,763 different games available on the console. So there's, there's an immense amount of backlog that even if somebody, you know, picks up a even if somebody picked up a switch last year, animal crossing was sold out. Breath of the wild was sold out. uh, Mario Odyssey might've been sold out. Pokemon might've been sold out. I mean, there, there are, there are, three thousand seven hundred and seventy other games that are available um yeah and and so i definitely don't i understand they were they were definitely hurt as far as the games development department but when it comes to the the ecosystem as a whole um i i really don't see how nintendo could have really taken any significant hit from that
0: yeah yeah fair fair enough point um do you? I, I guess, uh, like, quick side tangent, because um, this still has to do with marketing. How do you guys feel about the whole like limited availability of say like the the um, 3D All Stars collection or uh, the Fire Emblem was also limited? Correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. How, how do you guys feel about the marketing for that?
1: you want to go first or should i
2: (laughs) um yeah i'll talk about it real quick um i from a collector's standpoint i don't really have an issue with it because i think i think especially now fire emblem is a little different because fire emblem didn't get a physical release you did get that did get that super cool uh, anniversary bundle that I canceled my pre order for and put the money towards Cyberpunk that I regret to this day doing, um, you know that that own that was limited, but you had your digital release that anyone who owned a Switch could purchase. Uh, same thing with Super Mario All Stars, you had the digital release that uh, everybody could purchase. And as far as you know, physicals, I, I mean, it's uh, what what days today? April twelfth. I can go in my local Walmart, in my local video game trader, in my local GameStop, my local Best Buy, Target, and those shelves are still flooded with copies of All-Stars. So I don't think stock was ever really an issue, um, but I think that as a collector's standpoint, those games will eventually sell, and you know, obviously they're not uh, – the physicals of All-Stars isn't coming back. Um, those games will eventually sell. And that that the value of those titles will go up, it will go up over time. Um, But uh, uh, on the flip side, I don't really see them going up too drastically anytime soon, just because of what I've noticed in my area. There seems to be an influx of copies. There's a ridiculous amount. Um, So I don't think it's going to go up too drastically. So I, I don't really have a problem with these limited releases, um, I, I I I had a problem with it at first because I was like, oh okay, here we go. Nintendo's being arrogant and they're pulling a Disney. They're pulling the whole Disney Vault treatment. But then it it really wasn't that bad, and it it still isn't that bad. Um, I don't know that I see them doing this too much more often. I can see them doing it with Zelda because of how popular of a franchise Zelda is. Um, I guess I could also potentially see them maybe doing a Pokemon version, you know, maybe having, uh, Pokemon, red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, and crystal in, in, in a bundle. Cause I imagine that would be super easy for them to do. Uh, I imagine that, you know, one day we might have that, that might be a limited release, but, uh, I don't don't really see an issue with it. I think it worked. I think it did what they wanted it to do. And even if, even if people are kind of hopping on the train late, um, There's still copies available. I think in the case of Fire Emblem, it kind of sucks because I was really disappointed that even though they only charged $5 for it, I was really disappointed that the uh, uh, special edition, what do they call it? Like the 30th anniversary edition or something like that. I was really disappointed that it didn't come with, that it didn't come with a physical cartridge of the title Um, for the sole fact that it comes with a download code and I don't, I don't know what the expiration date says. I haven't asked anybody that owns one, but I, all download codes have an expiration date. You know, they're not going to be usable forever. Even if the switch, even if the switch's lifespan, you know, I don't see this happening, but even if the switch's lifespan goes up to 10 years, those download codes aren't going to be available for the full 10 years. That's just, they never are. Um, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, the usual is like two or three that they're available to be redeemed. And usually after that, they cut it off. So fire emblem was kind of disappointing because I think that might be the biggest one, but, uh, and I'm curious to see if that special edition goes down in value when you're unable to actually redeem the code inside. Uh, you you don't think so? No,
0: (laughs) I want for fire emblem.
2: uh, That's true. Fire emblem does have a, have a pretty huge cult cult like following behind it. Um, which is deserve Fire Emblem is a great franchise, even though I've only ever played three houses. So I don't know if I can say that, but Fire Emblem was a great. Yeah. Franchise. I don't think
0: you can say that.
2: <laughs> okay. But three houses is a phenomenal title. I love that game. I agree. That's I agree. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't see them as a problem, but I also don't see this as something Nintendo is going to frequently do.
1: Um, I agree on most cases. Uh, I think that the physical I mean this this might come as a newsflash to some people but all physical games have a shelf life mm-hmm. they have a print run how many print runs they do eventually they stop printing them everyone yeah. does this was the f- one of the few times where we actually knew how many when they were actually going to stop mm-hmm. the fact that they, they gave us that means nothing because you mean every game has print runs things mm-hmm. go out of print all the time um, that being said, <clears throat> 3D All-Stars did sell over 8 million units physically, I believe. And Ooh. that is a lot, which means that if there's that many out there, it could really only go up so much. Yeah. Because there's so many out there. Um, I have no problem with that being limited. I agree with you on Fire Emblem. That, that physical edition should have been a physical version of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. What I do find confusing is... the digital version is going away. That to me is really mind-boggling because there's nothing to... You can just keep it up on the store. And a lot of people speculated, well, maybe they'll separate the three games or they'll make it a little bit more expensive. That hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. So I think that is a risky move. I think they were testing the waters with it to see how it would go. Mm -hmm. And if FOMO would kick in. And FOMO absolutely kicked in. For a lot of people. I don't even buy digital games and I bought the Fire Emblem just this way. At least I have it for five bucks. But absolutely i do see them doing this with zelda if they might do it with metroid you know any of their big franchises that they want to celebrate i can see them absolutely doing this again what does suck though is when they do those those fake physicals or the physicals where you have his beautiful physical package and then no physical game to go with it if you're going to spend that time and money and you're nintendo you're not selling it at a loss give honor to the anniversary and let people have that as a physical card because that, mm-hmm. that just seems that seems logical i mean just you're gonna go above and beyond with this beautiful edition, then go all the way go oh, big or go home for yes, sure i agree
2: dude i didn't even think about metroid i can only imagine how hard the internet would explode with them doing that with Metroid because of how bad that fan base wants the trilogy on switch.
1: You also have to remember though, the Metroid fan base is very small. Metroid is not a big seller for Nintendo, which is, it's, it's, it's sells terribly in Japan and it doesn't do, it doesn't do that amazingly in America either. And yeah, and that's why Metroid doesn't get the same treatment.
2: I'm going to be honest. That that, that is news
0: to me. Of of fans who, who want Metroid.
2: That is crazy. Every Nintendo guy, like all my friends that are super into Nintendo, all love Metroid. Uh, I actually, I have only ever played the first Metroid Prime on the GameCube. That's all I've ever touched.
1: All all you have to do is walk up to a random person. Just walk up to a random person and say, video games, do you know Mario? They'll probably say yes. Do you know Zelda? Yes. Do you know Pokemon? Yes. Do you know Metroid? You're going to get more no's for Metroid than mm-hmm. any of the others i mean kid icarus you'll probably get nose and f-zero nose it's not a big franchise for them it it is it is part of what they call it like the trifecta you know with mario zelda metroid but fans did that nintendo yeah. didn't do that mm-hmm. metroid is not looked upon in the same way mm-hmm. it is I, I, it is much smaller
2: And even then, I think a lot of people, uh, I I guess now that you bring it up, even then, I think a lot of people um, who will say, yeah, I know what Metroid is. They probably know what Metroid is because uh, because Samus is a playable fighter in Smash. Yeah, Um,
0: Yeah. there are so many things in Smash that people are like, I know that thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Have you ever played the game like like Earthbound, for instance? Like, yeah, nobody knows what the hell Earthbound is, but they know who Ness is
2: like that. That's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> That's yeah. the, but i mean is that the case for earthbound i always thought earthbound was like uh, a cult classic too oh yeah uh, it's, it's a cult, cult classic, classic though yeah like
0: like cult classic automatically means that it like didn't hit the mainstream oh <laughs> I mean, okay
2: yeah i guess
1: I I don't know if you were alive when Earthbound came out um, or paid attention I mean the the marketing for Earthbound was terrible in America oh
0: it was like a fart based
1: uh, thing right? It was like you know like farts and scratch and sniff stickers and it was like all disgusting (laughs) stuff like it was it was really really weird you just look up like Earthbound ads like it is a really weird ad campaign and I mean that was a Super Nintendo game only sold with the strategy guy that was the only way you got it and it did not do well because it was expensive and jrpgs were very niche back then they Mm -hmm. were not mainstream Mm -hmm. america that's why we didn't get three of the first six final fantasies and we didn't get dragon quest five and six and there's so many great super nintendo rpgs that we never got yeah
0: I was literally just about to say that like a JRPGs <laughs> did not reach mainstream in in America until final fantasy seven. And that was what? 97, 97,
2: Yeah. I, um, even then though, like I, you guys talk about, you know, earthbound just having some of the strangest ads. Uh, I, I watched a video about it on YouTube and it sparked my curiosity and I went looking through some of Nintendo as a whole older ads from like the late nineties and weird. boy, they were yeah. weird. <laughs> like i i found one and it i found one and it was a guy with a um it was a guy with a squirrel in his pants and it said game boy more fun than a ferret in your trousers and i was like yeah. it's not even a ferret <laughs> well, i i saw one of a woman of a woman tied to a bed and it said game boy advance too distracting yeah 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 like, Whoa. Remember, like chains. yeah i think i yeah. saw a couple of the really weird ones i found in discord um with and even it spilled over into the mid two thousands. Even with the uh, uh, the the big Kirby game uh, that released on the DS, they had a they had like a it was like a finger touching down, and there were like watercolors dripping from it, and it said, "Touching is good. Touching is fun." It's like, "Oh, okay. Did you guys think about that before you ran that through before you ran that through press or did you just kind of go with it? You were like, "Nope, sounds good, let's do it."
1: Yeah. Video game ads have always been weird though, even in the 90s. I mean, they if you have. if you look at like game gear commercials, you have, you know, people hitting themselves in the head with a dead squirrel to see colors on the Game Boy to say, "No, look, this is why the Game Gear is better." I mean, yep. like it's really oh, weird yeah. stuff. <laughs>
2: yeah nintendo has always had some strange stuff even uh i saw a video with um uh i can't remember the name of the celebrity but it was a pretty popular western celebrity and uh they were playing the 3ds and they were talking about how good it was and how cool the 3d was but like if you pause the frame at the right second it's not even on they're oh, just st- they're just staring at a like 3ds it's not even on and Nintendo didn't try to hide that. They didn't try to edit it out. If you pause it within the right 10 seconds of the video, you can see it's not even on. Nintendo had definitely has had some questionable uh, ad choices, much more so than really any other company I can think of off, of, off the top of my head. Well, PlayStation had some questionable stuff in the night yeah,
1: for sure. Really? Even, even in the 2000s. Don't you remember the beginning of the PS3 with the baby and all that stuff?
0: Yeah, I remember so that weird. one. I remember that one.
1: Xbox had the like one with that. the birth and <laughs> oh, yeah. so, do,
0: yeah. you, uh, do you guys remember the commercials that were, they were on TV all the time for the, for the PlayStation two. And it was like the PlayStation nine coming in 2020, whatever it was. Mm. I was like PlayStation nine. This is a PS two commercial. Like, what are you, what is, what is happening? Uh, oh gosh. Weird stuff, man. Weird, weird stuff. But um, teams, weird. yeah, yeah. So I, I think I think we've kind of touched on where we're where we're at now with Nintendo pretty well. Uh, I had here like there's no more DS, but that I mean, honestly, I, I I'm not even sure that that's really a problem uh, because the Switch kind of is the DS except yeah. way better. Yeah. So uh, I I don't even know that we need to touch on that. Really,
1: we're even seeing ports with like Metopia.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess. My next question is, um, where do you guys, how do you think that Nintendo maintains the momentum that they currently have? Do you think, you know, are they going to support it with, with new big event titles like we were talking about, or like obviously new hardware's coming, but like, what do you think that new hardware is? Like how, how do we maintain the trajectory that switches
2: on?
1: Very good question.
2: I, how do we maintain that trajectory? Um, I, the switch has become such a, the switch has become such a household, such a household name at this point. And I, I honestly, I would argue that then at this point, the Nintendo switch is uh, more of a household name than, than, than Xbox and PlayStation are, Um uh, uh, you know, m- maybe not PC gamers, but maybe not to them, but, um, uh, not saying anything bad about PC gamers. Me and Josh are are both uh, super into it. We're just not as uh, big into it as uh, old Dizzy that usually joins us. Uh, that's usually here on the on the show. Um, but I, I I don't I don't really I don't I don't see them really having a problem with with uh, with the momentum because I and maybe this is just me personally uh, through social media like Reddit, Instagram, uh, TikTok um uh Facebook, Facebook groups. I have seen more people with complete switch collections than I have for any other console. Honestly, I've seen more people with complete switch collections than I have NES, SNES, and and you know, those are uh I know those are really, really big. I there there's one guy in the in the Switch group, uh I can't remember his name, but I, I love when he posts about his stuff because I know he's writing a book about how he's collected for, you know, 30, 32 different consoles and has complete collections. Um, but I, I only see the momentum rising because I feel, I'm not saying that Nintendo, uh, I'm not saying that they do everything right. I'm not saying that they do everything perfect because no company is ever going to do that. Like we said earlier, they're not ever going to be able to please everybody. They're not ever going to be the staple of perfection. Um, but I, I think they're doing it better than Sony and Xbox have been doing it for like the last five years now. Um, Mm, I would
0: wholeheartedly disagree with you on that. Really? That's a topic for another day. (laughs) (laughs) I I genuinely, in the last two years, I think that Xbox has been absolutely 100% on top of of messaging. That's fair. On everything. Yeah. Uh, Maybe over the last five years. Okay, sure is probably Nintendo but like I, very I feel
2: like like Xbox recently, is stepping up
1: recently. Yeah. I feel like they're just opening up their their checkbook more than anything else. Oh,
2: that yeah, for sure. Yeah, that. <laughs> and you know, that definitely doesn't hurt. Microsoft you know I mean?
0: has that fuck you money.
2: <laughs> yeah. It really does. They do.
1: Um well, uh how h- how do you feel about it, Barry? I mean, going forward <clears throat> they they obviously need to keep the momentum mm-hmm. one of the things that Yeah, and I should before I say anything, I should really preface this by saying everything I'm about to say is most likely not going to happen because many, many other analysts will predict what Nintendo will do and I'll do the same. And then Nintendo will always do something out of left field or whatever we whatever we don't expect them to do. They're going to do that. So take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt because they could completely do the exact opposite. Um, That's just the way Nintendo does. But. I do see a software or a hardware revision happening. I think they need to. Um, they've done this before for the past several handheld generations that they've had. You know, the, the DS had it, the 3DS had it, the you know, the, even the, the GBA had it. <clears throat> so to see what they do with it, how powerful they make it. And the key to that is really third-party. It's not Nintendo first-party. Nintendo first-party is always going to sell, is always going to be great. The key is to keep third-parties happy and let them have an easier time porting games over. As it is, we're seeing some PS4 games and some Xbox One games come over. Obviously, there's some, you know, leeway and and some performance differences. But as we move into full-on PS5, full-on Series X... We're going to need to see if Nintendo can not necessarily compete, you know, one to one ratio, but at least make it easy enough for those third parties to say, you know what? It's it's easy enough for us to port on the Switch. Let's bring it to the Switch because it will sell there as well for a portable version. Mm-hmm. They got really lucky with the Wii <clears throat> Because that happened, even though the Wii was drastically different than the 360 and the PS3. And the reason they got lucky with that is because the PS2 and the PSP existed. So a lot, of, a lot of studios said, "We'll we'll spend the extra money to develop a Wii version because then we could port it to the PS2 and the PSP to recoup our cost, And this way we get a little bit of that Wii money. They don't have that this time. They don't have lesser versions. You know, the, it's not the PS3 and the 360 like, you know, earlier on. The the PS4 and the Xbox One are more powerful than the Switch. And those are now last-gen systems. So they need something to bridge that gap. Just for third parties alone, I'll let alone what, what Nintendo could do, because Nintendo is a miracle worker with their own hardware, um, more big big thing. Then Nintendo's always going to do that. Nintendo is Nintendo. They will always do more big event games. That's that's bound to happen. Um, I think Nintendo just the quality of their games, the quality of their franchises, it has to be backwards compatible. Not only not only the the Super Switch or whatever the next revision is going to called, but the Switch 2. The next thing, <clears throat> if that is backwards compatible with the Switch, you are going to see the momentum continue big time. You're seeing it with the PS5 and the Xbox Series X now, but it's just going to go even bigger for Nintendo. Because like like you were saying, there's so many people with full Switch sets. There's, it's, Switch is just fun to collect for, just, just as a hobby sake. Like, there's so many unique games, there's so many games for everybody. And then to just be able to instantly take that library over, especially with Nintendo bringing a lot of their classic games and porting a lot of their games over back. Um, that was that was one of the things that saved the 3DS, was that it was backwards compatible with the DS, especially early on. You know, the GBA and the, even the original DS was backwards compatible. The GBA and the Game Boy Color all backwards compatible. Nintendo has a habit of doing that with their handhelds. So I think, especially with how small those cartridges are, there's no reason why the next switch in addition to the super switch would be backwards compatible, but they have to do that. If they drop the ball, if they're like, Hey, we're going to be a brand new thing, brand new format and not backwards compatible. You're going to see a lot of people say, you know what? I'll still buy your system. Cause I love first party, but that's all I'm buying on it is first party. I'm no longer going for a full set. No longer going to care about all those other things um, because they'll feel burned and you don't want any of your customers to feel burned. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. The board The only board. thing I think uh, was a misstep with the Switch specifically is because they went back to the cartridge format. So your Wii U purchases were not backwards compatible anymore. No. And I, I think that that was uh, um, maybe not necessarily a misstep by them because they, I guess they had to do that if they were going to be, you know, handheld or whatever. Uh, but.
1: That that for sure was was a misstep. Um, really, was that really a misstep though? You had thirteen million <laughs> Wii U owners. I mean, I
0: mean, yeah, that's that's totally <laughs> fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, good, for sure. fair. You enough, know, fair there's enough. over a hundred million PS4 owners. So for the PS5 to not be backwards compatible, that would be a misstep because you have all those people that would be pissed off. Thirteen million, you know, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a smaller bucket
0: <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I, uh, and I, most of that stuff, I think the only thing that really made me. Uh, I, I don't wanna say angry, uh just more like upset was because I did own a Wii U was that I had a double dip, so I had to buy Mario Kart 8 again. I had to buy Smash again. That didn't
1: bother buy... me again. Well Smash was different.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, this Smash was different, that's right.
1: Uh I don't know. I don't <coughs> remember what it was I bought again. <laughs> I didn't mind it because every time they did bring over, they at least added something new to it. Yeah, and and that also made it complete. So and on top of that, they always included the extra DLC and stuff like that. Uh, I think every port has had something. I mean, 3D World Bowser's Fury is a phenomenal, fun little you know experience. And I'm so glad that people are getting to experience the yes. game. I, it's one of my favorite uh, Mario games. Oh, it's so Straight good. up. But even Absolutely. like Pokin Tournament, which, which you talked about earlier, you know, that had exclusive characters only to the arcades and never went to the Wii U version. And now with yep. the, the Switch version, those characters came home. And since that arcade was really only in J- Japanese arcades, Americans didn't even get to experience those characters. Mm-hmm. So now we get the, you know, the complete package, which is great. That's the way it should be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so we talked about the hardware. Um what do you guys think that they need to do in terms of of software? Like, so obviously, you know, we we want to know when is Breath of the Wild two? When is the successor to Super Mario Odyssey? We want to know when those things are uh, the the new Metroid. Uh, what is it, Metroid Prime four?
1: Metroid Prime four. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I knew it was Metroid Prime, but I just didn't know if it was three or four. Um. But yeah. So like we, we're waiting on those, but then you know what else do they need to do they've got a really strong working partnership with square recently like they've had octopath traveler they've got project triangle strategy coming uh bravely default you know they've got a, a nice little working relationship with them they've got you know partnerships with ubisoft where they had the the mario and rabbits which was fucking fun like awesome. that is a really fun mm-hmm. that's really fun game um but uh What what other software do you guys like think that they – need? that's a bad question. What do you guys think that they need to do, again, to maintain the momentum with their software offerings?
1: I mean, it's a loaded question uh, in the sense that (laughs) there is no right or wrong answer and truthfully they can come out because we know they're doing something at e3 this year they've already stated it they can come out at e3 go here's the super switch it's coming this fall breath of the wild 2 is coming this fall zelda anniversary metroid prime 4 coming soon drop the mic and walk away and they've already won the year like that's all they have to do and it's all stuff we already know or presume know are or, or coming um that's it so what do they actually have to do? They don't actually have to do anything outside of what we already know because they already have such great games coming out. That being said, there's still a lot of up in the air was retro working on anything outside of metroid prime 4 before they got metroid prime 4 what's the current status of that project and will we see that as well what is monolith soft doing now that xenoblade chronicles definitive edition is out are they going to be porting xeno x there going to be xeno 3 you know or they're going to do go back to bait and katos or something what are they what are they doing you, you look at what is the you know the Mario team, the main Mario team, are they doing an Odyssey 2? Maybe they're not going to do an Odyssey 2. Maybe they're just going to be like, let's do something brand new, unexpected. You know, Pikmin 4 has been rumored forever and a day. You know, is Pikmin 4 finally going to come out because of Pikmin 3? Uh, You know, there's, there's so many questions in the air and of course when the last two characters which will be this year for Smash Brothers come out the first question everyone's going to ask Sakurai is when's the next Smash Brothers let the guy rest but that's going to be what people are (laughs) going to ask where's Mario Kart 9 is that going to come there's so many infinite questions and there's infinite possibilities of what they can do and the the real answer is they just have to show up with great games that's all they have to do is keep delivering great games even if it's not the franchise you absolutely love somebody else loves it so be happy for them your franchise will come and and that's really all they have to do
2: for sure um,
0: austin uh well go go ahead go
2: ahead uh, okay okay Just. uh um uh, you, you touched on all the games and uh, I, I, a lot of games that popped in my head. You, you actually touched on as far as what I what I would uh, want them to see and expect them to see, and what might uh, you know what might be rumored for us to see. Um, I think uh, as far as software goes, I think another step that Nintendo that I really want them to take. Um, I I don't know if this is a me thing. I've seen other people in different forums talk about it. One of my least favorite things about the switch is the switch as far as like the home screen and personalization and stuff like that. Uh, it feels very bland. Uh, even with the three DS we had, um, uh, we had themes, we had themes that you could purchase for like 99 cents a dollar of all your favorite adored franchises. Um, Uh, I don't know. I've seen it happen. I don't know if it's a modding thing or you're actually able to do it on the 3DS. Uh, You know, people bringing in and making their own themes for backgrounds. I feel like that was probably more of like a like a modified homebrew thing that they were able to do. Um, And I don't I don't don't want to get into that. Uh, That's a whole other thing. But, um, uh, you know, stuff like personalization, having themes, uh, I think having the ability to... uh, uh, I think having the ability to to put, uh, 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 you know, songs on your SD card like I personally wouldn't care about that. But some people would, you know, some people think it would be cool to be going through their switch and having some of their favorite songs play on the background of their console. I don't know why you can't just do it on your TV or your phone or whatever else they're doing. But for some people, it would be tight. Um, I think bringing over, obviously, I, I don't know how, how this could happen. Cause I'm sure there are contractual obligations, uh, that have to do with it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, um, when the switch was able to put Hulu, uh, uh, on the console, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the contract saying, okay, well you got us, so you can't have Netflix. You, you, you're, you're not allowed to get Netflix. I don't know if it works like that, but I wouldn't be surprised, um, I know uh, cuz I think the only two streaming services that are available on the Switch if I'm not mistaken are Hulu and Funimation.
1: YouTube as well.
2: Oh yeah, YouTube. I forgot about that one. Uh that's a really big one to forget about. Um uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, YouTube and uh, like Funimation was even just recently. I think Funimation was I'm trying to remember when I started rewatching Gundam Seed. I can't remember if it was at the beginning of this year, or the end of last year cuz that's when I figured out about Funimation being on it. Um uh, on the switch, but uh, uh, they brought over Funimation. I think it would be cool if they got something like Disney Plus. Then again, that's probably a huge paycheck that Nintendo has to write, um, and not like they can't. But I don't know if they're necessarily willing. Uh, I think bringing over more software like that will definitely help, even if it's just like a like a very small niche amount of people. It's still something, you know what I mean. And there are yeah. there are all things that I don't necessarily granted this is coming again this is coming from somebody who has no idea how any of this stuff works um uh, i i don't feel like some of that stuff would be too hard for nintendo to do i mean if you could put themes on the 3ds you could have done it on the switch there's no way that you couldn't have uh as far as my uh um uncultured and technology mind goes um hey
1: you no, know, I think you're right there. Um, another thing people have been asking for is folders um, yep. for you to be able to put your stuff in and categorize it. Uh, for me, I would love to just be able to go through and see every game I've played and, you know, all the way back to the start, which you can do on like Sony, but you can't do on Nintendo for some reason. But knowing Nintendo, they don't like to do things the way other people do, they always yep. do things outside the box. And I don't know if you remember talking about the 3DS, Nintendo Badge Arcade, which was, do you remember that? Mm -hmm. You know, it was just this really cool uh, application where you got to go in and you could pay real money or you could just play for free every day and you got different icons and you could replace your, you know, your music or your options icons with different icons from Mario and Zelda and stuff like that. Animal Crossing, it was just really cool and a way to personalize your 3DS. Uh, I'd love to see that come back for the Switch. Mm -hmm. That would that would do gangbusters. Hey, you know it's it's kind of like a gotcha, uh, and gotchas already make money. And this way, you can personalize your switch and do limited time badges like they did. And I mean, it's it, it just seems like a no brainer. And they, they even brought that as a, a an assist trophy into Smash Ultimate. So it's not like Nintendo forgotten about it.
0: hmm Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. Um. So. Uh. I guess. Uh. What What I was going to ask you, Austin, is so. Y- you're a big like Zelda guy. You like the, mm-hmm. the, like you like the first party stuff mm-hmm. and you like the old first party stuff. Mm-hmm. It has been a very long time since Nintendo. I, I think has made a widespread, uh, relevant IP. Do you like, like just for instance, so t- two of the, the, I guess, bigger ones within the last two generations of consoles has been Splatoon and, and arms, and ARMS, uh, the only sales data I could find was back in December 2019, where it had sold 2.38 million units, which was pretty pretty okay. It's not terrible. yeah. Um, and then Splatoon 2 sold 11.9 million copies, uh, which is actually very good. But they're not – it doesn't seem like they're setting the world on fire. And I, I just – I guess my question to you is – do you think that Nintendo has the capability of making relevant IP still? Mm-hmm. And if so, is that essential to the Switch's long-term success?
2: I I wholeheartedly think they have the capability. I don't think any I, honestly, a, a, as far as the industry goes, I don't think anything is um, is is beyond Nintendo's capability at this point. Uh, you know, like uh, like what was already stated, they they're a company that thinks very outside of the box. It would not. I, I mean, it would. It wouldn't surprise me for them to come out with a new IP that that is the next Mario or the next Zelda, um, or maybe you know this. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say our generation because I'm 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 notably younger than the two of you, um, but uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they're if they're able to do that, or I I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they do do that, but the thing that the thing that kind of worries me is i think i'm scared that nintendo knows that they don't have to you know what i mean like obviously everyone every company has to uh ha, has to you know you ha- at some point you have to bring new ideas to the table you have to um you you have to you know kids uh people are growing up there's more people getting into gaming every year they have to bring new ips out they have to bring new ideas in to kind of draw those people in and say hey uh for Nintendo come over here and check us out and be more involved with us than anything else in your life. Like, you know, I am. Um, but I, I, am scared. I'm scared that they know they don't have to, because what they're doing, works, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that actually, uh, I mean, the next section we were going to go into is how Nintendo compares with like Microsoft and Sony. And that actually kind of brings up, uh, one of the talking points I had for Sony. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you guys have read the, the Jason Schreier article from, it was like a couple days ago, I think. Uh, maybe like Monday. Um, or that's not a couple days ago, that's a week ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was only uh, a handful of days ago, but basically he came in and, and said that um, the next project that is coming out of Naughty Dog is a remake of The Last of Us, which a game is only eight years old. Yeah. Or actually not even, uh, it, it won't be eight until June, but, uh, and they also passed on, uh, Ben studio, uh, working on a days gone 2 and moved them over to help out on, uh, I think it might've been the, uh, the last of us, uh, remake, but it, whatever the case is, it looks to me like Sony and, and their whole, disaster of of public relations right now they're doubling down on on what they already have and and like you like you said austin like it seems like nintendo tends to do that also because you know they released then they will release mario games and they release Zelda games uh i don't necessarily think that that's the case because they do try other stuff yeah but um like I mean with with that said, how do you think that Nintendo has to differentiate themselves uh so that then they don't get lumped in like the same category as Sony?
2: Um What do you mean? Like like how to how to, like what does Nintendo need to do to just kind of to uh Yeah, like it,
0: because, Yeah, like to to stay Nintendo,
2: if yeah. if that makes sense. <sighs> Nintendo from uh, you hit me with a really loaded question. I really got to think about this one. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, Barry, if you want to take this one, because I'm gonna I'm have to, I'm gonna have to ponder this one for
1: a second. Well, to go back about the IPs, um, you know, Nintendo is always creating new IPs. It's just a matter of how many people see it. I mean, mm-hmm. they just did Ring Fit Adventure as another new IP that they did, and that sold very well, yeah, especially now during play the that pandemic. Game. <laughs> it's you know that will help you lose weight. Um, Nintendo will always try. Will they always be big hits? You know, there's no way to tell, but they will always rely on the staples. They will always. I mean, there any business does it. I think the whole Last of Us remake is utter horse crap um and i'm it's sure it's obnoxious. gonna I'm, I'm sure it's gonna win like 100 game of the year awards because <laughs> why not i mean and that that's a, that's a game that came out in the ps3 already had a remaster on the ps4 and now we'll get remade in the ps that that's just milking it. it's the same way i felt when you know so many people gave nintendo crap when they would be like all right we're gonna port a wii u game over to the switch a system that didn't sell well to a system that is selling well we're going to add stuff to it when when they're did God of War 3 on PS3, and then they did God of War 3 on PS4, and it's virtually the same thing. And it's like, Sony gets a pass for that, and Nintendo doesn't when they add new stuff. To me, that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Sony, if they're going down that route, um, I think it's a very dangerous route. I also don't think Sony has the ip catalog like the strength in their ip catalog that nintendo does they they do have a they do have (laughs) a they do have a good first party lineup don't get me wrong but the strength of their first party isn't anywhere near as close to what nintendo has especially considering that when nintendo when sony first came out in the playstation a lot of their big ips Uh, people associated with Sony were not Sony IPs, Yep, you know, like crash bandicoot and Spyro the dragon, those are not Sony IPs. Those are owned by Activision. They are on other platforms. So, you know, you, you factor that out. And a lot of the great, at least in my opinion, the great Sony IPs, they've just let die. Like infamous Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite Sony IPs. And, they haven't touched it since first light and they could totally do more with that. Let's see more of that. Um, You know, and while there's still, you know, a lot of people go like Spider-Man now, but Spider-Man isn't a Sony IP. That's a Marvel IP. They just, You know, they're just making the games Uh, in terms of their own characters. I mean, they're God of War. But even that they're, you know, the latest one, which which I still call God of War 4, kind of erases the first three (laughs) games. And it's like, why? You should be building upon that. You should be enjoying that uh, play to that strength. So I hope Nintendo doesn't go down that route where they're just like, we're just going to release Mario and Zelda. And that's why one of the reasons I don't think we're going to see an Odyssey sequel, at least not to a Super Switch or a Switch 2. You know, people say like, oh, Nintendo puts out so many Mario games, it's overloading with Mario games. But if you look at it, Mario 3D platformers, there's usually one per system. That's it. Yeah. Galaxy 2 is an exception, not the rule. If you look at Mario 2D platformers, there's also usually one per system. Uh, you know in, the, in the, even the switch that did, didn't technically have its own it had Mario Maker 2 but you know it has Mario U Deluxe but that's a Wii U port it didn't have its own exclusive 2D Mario Mario Kart is different Mario Party is different there's a lot of Mario games but they all play differently Mario Golf which is coming out is not a 2D Mario game like it is you you can't put them in the same the same demographic other than the fact that it has Mario in it they're two different games uh, you know, it's like saying, oh, well, the hotshot golf with with Kratos in it is a God of War game. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. He it was a guest character. It's not a God of War game. So I don't think I don't think Nintendo's going to go down that route because they they really haven't. And anyone who says that they milk their franchises don't play Nintendo games. They they just no, don't.
2: I agree. Yeah,
1: they just don't uh, you know there are there are, there are definitely companies out there that are milking their franchises. Uh, Square you mentioned before is absolutely taking the Final Fantasy VII fanboys and putting them through the ringer and having fun with it because they know that if they take a, a giant crap in a, in a jar and they put a Final Fantasy seven logo on it, that there will be people who will pay money for that because they are just obsessed. And Square is taking those people through the ringer. And it's hilarious and sad at the same time. Sony is probably looking at that and saying, we only want blockbusters. We only want home runs. And, you know, I think every company out there only wants home runs. They want every game they put out to be a home run. Oh, everyone does. But that's not realistically possible, unless that's all you shoot for. And if that's yeah. all you shoot for, then all you're going to do is get you know surveys and you know do like here's what people want, and you're going to get different demographics, and you're going to cater to that demographic and only that demographic. And we saw that happen in this industry before when Call of Duty got big. Everybody and their mother was doing a first-person shooter. Everybody, every now when we took the colors out of it and they became grayscale, and you would watch E3 and it would be like all grayscale, brown scale, first-person shooters, every single trailer. It's like every game looks the same. What if you don't like first-person shooters? This is, and even if you do, which one are you going to play? They're all the same. They're all warlike. They're all, you know, and yes, there's some differences between them, but they're they virtually all the same.
0: Yeah, uh, and now you're seeing that with Fortnite. Everything's the colorful shooter. like
1: and Yeah, and, and Battle Royale. Everything's got a yeah. Battle Royale mode now, you know? It, people will follow those trends, and thankfully, Nintendo doesn't really do that. They they march the beat of their own drum. They don't really look at what other people are doing. They do what they like. I mean, even even the Wii U. I mean, people looked at it and said, this is going to be a failure. You shouldn't do this. And Nintendo's like, well, we're going to do it because we want to do it. And they did it. And they're the only cool. company out there that can do it and still at least keep it alive. I mean, Sony tried with the Vita and they dropped that thing like a hot rock, which is a shame because it was a great hardware. <laughs> and And yeah. Sony said, screw it, we're done. And Nintendo was like, we use selling like shit. Let's put out a new Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So I think Nintendo is, is overall in a good space. I mean, there's, there's still other games that, that haven't even touched on this. Two new Pokemon games coming out. Bayonetta three is still coming out. You know, there's a lot of games we already know about that, We know that the next year for the Switch is going to be healthy, regardless of whatever they show off in the future. Sony, we can't say that about. We know that the PlayStation is going to sell because of the name. We know people are just going to want it. And people mainly buy PS5s right now to play PS4 games. Enhanced. You know? The loading is the main thing. It loads faster. That's about it. Uh, You know? it's, It's one of those things where I don't know what Sony's going to do going forward. And Microsoft just seems put their games on everything. I mean, they're, they're more concerned about being a a games platform than they are about being a console. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting next few years.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with that. 100%. Uh, uh, for,
2: for my take on the answer to your question, um, I don't, and, and, you know, kind of, kind of basing it off of, off what, uh, Barry just said. I don't think there, I don't think that, I don't think there is a question of how Nintendo needs to differentiate themselves or differentiate themselves from, you know, Sony or Microsoft or whoever's doing it because I think they're, they've been doing it. They've been doing it for years and they've been doing a fantastic job at it. And I mean, what else do they have to do? You know what I mean? Like how, how much farther out of the box do they have to go to be different more so than they already are?
0: Yeah, uh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I, I think, um, Maybe I phrased that question wrong because I I think I'm thinking more along the lines of like how perception is like, like Barry said, you know, people, people shit on Nintendo all the time for like, oh, they're just like a million Mario games, but it's like, are there a million Mario games or are there like a million different Mario games? Yep. Like, but Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, uh, so they they're definitely I I think the only other thing that I wanted to maybe touch on a little bit is so they've kind of become friendly with Microsoft uh you know they kind of teamed up together to um to get Minecraft working together while Sony was like nah we don't really want to cross play um and like we've seen them be very friendly uh recently and I think uh one area that is intriguing is the possibility of of xbox coming to switch like xbox live or game pass or something like that uh do you guys have any any thoughts on what that could potentially do for nintendo or or is that strictly just something that would benefit microsoft do you think
2: I personally think I, at this point in, in the Switch's lifespan, I personally think that that uh, that is something that will strictly benefit Microsoft. Um, I'm not saying that it wouldn't benefit uh, the Switch and it wouldn't benefit Nintendo. But it doesn't they don't need it to. You know what I mean? They proved that last year. They don't need it. They proved that last year. They started proving it halfway through 2019. I mean, it's cool. For the people, for the people that want it, it's cool, but they don't, they don't need it. Um, I think, you know, not trying to dog or, or you know shame on Microsoft, but I think Microsoft needs it to benefit them much more than Nintendo does.
1: All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the opposite side of that. I'm gonna say that while Nintendo, I agree with you, Nintendo doesn't need it. Um, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And I think Nintendo would benefit from it. Um, we're already seeing some cloud versions with like Control and Hitman 3. So to get Game Pass's library on Switch natively and be able to have that portably, um, I think <clears throat> I think that would be a real benefit. Now, I'm a, I'm a physical guy. I don't have Game Pass. I don't do digital. But I do think that would be a real benefit just just to solidify Nintendo in in the place of you know, a lot of people go PlayStation or Xbox and Nintendo PC and Nintendo. I think that will that could actually push Nintendo to be a lot of people's only console, because if you get the entire library of Xbox Game Pass and the entire library of the Switch on the same console and have it portably, that is huge mm-hmm. that is absolutely huge yeah. and if nintendo says we'll let you do it but we need to get a little something out of it maybe they get you know a dollar for every person subscriber that uses their system or something you know just a little kickback they'll make extra money microsoft doesn't care they get their system they, they get their platform mm-hmm. on another system and that's really all microsoft cares about right now microsoft you know the Xbox could live or die they really don't care because the Xbox Game Pass is where they're putting their money Xbox for Windows is where they're putting their money Xbox as a platform like Steam is where they're putting their money and that's really what it's just going to become an app it's going to be like oh you're turning your switch and there's an Xbox app now soon yeah. you know you turn on your PlayStation there's an Xbox app because there's a lot of money to be made as a console maker but they, you make the most money on the software. And, you know, for those that don't know how it works, if you have a platform like the Switch and someone sells a game at retail, Nintendo gets a cut of every single game sold. If it's a digital game, Nintendo gets a cut of every game sold, whether they developed it or not as the platform holder. Same with Sony, same with Microsoft. If you look at the Xbox sales versus the Sony, the PlayStation sales and the Switch sales for any given game, the Xbox sales are significantly lower, especially when you factor in Game Pass where there are no sales. It's just a subscription, meaning Microsoft does not get as much of a cut as the other two platforms. So if you're not getting as much of a cut, there's no reason to develop that software or the hardware, which takes a lot of R&D time a lot of resources, a lot of money, a lot of productions, a lot of shipping. There's a lot to it to have a platform out there to get very little in return. That's not saying they're not profitable right now. But when you're as rich as Microsoft, if you're making a million dollars, for us, that sounds like a great deal. And them go a million dollars, that's not worth our time. When I can take that time into something else, that's going to make me $10 million. Mm -hmm. That's just the way it is. So I think it could be truly beneficial i don't see there's any loss at all to nintendo especially if nintendo gets you know a little bit of a kick and if other titles other than minecraft and ori and stuff like that come to nintendo you know hey here's the halo master chief collection on nintendo i think that would that would sell like gangbusters i'm not a halo fan but i, I think that would sell like gangbusters here's forza horizon 4 on switch that would sell gangbusters um they could absolutely do that rare i mean they xbox owns rare put manjo games on there put conquer on there put rare replay that would sell like gangbusters i mean just utilize utilize it and they could killer instinct put it on put on you know so it's really up to microsoft what they want to do and of course nintendo nintendo is very prideful and they're you know japanese company oh we don't want something from an you know american company kind of deal they could turn it away um, I mean, there's always that bad blood from when Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo and Nintendo laughed them out of the room. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do see it as being a beneficial thing more than a hindrance for Nintendo. For sure. But it's not needed. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I I think... I think we got through all the questions that I really had. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you guys have anything left to to say?
2: Um... I the only thing I can say at this point is if you're uh if you're an avid gamer, collector and you're engrossed in the uh you're engrossed in, in the culture and you're engrossed in the community and you haven't picked up a Switch yet what are you doing? What are you doing? It, it's I I love this little thing, dude. I I straight up uh it, it pisses I think it pisses my wife off sometimes. I take this thing with me everywhere I go. If I if I know I'm going somewhere where I'm going to have time to pull it out and play it, it's going with me. It goes with me. Even if we're going, you know, uh, uh, 20 minutes down the road to one of our siblings house. It's with me in the car. It goes with me because because uh, I don't drive. Um, I, I do, but I don't drive when we go together. Um, But uh, I it, it you need one. You really need one if you don't have one. You need one. I think it's a fantastic and it's a beautiful little system. And uh, like what's been said, I I think probably a hundred times on this episode, uh, Nintendo has knocked it out of the park with this console.
1: I'm going to echo that. I mean, if you if you haven't picked up a switch at this point. It doesn't matter what Nintendo announces at E3. It doesn't matter what comes out in the rest of 2021. It doesn't even matter what comes out in 2022. If you just pick up a Switch now, there's enough of a backlog of event titles that you can play and be perfectly fine with and enjoy and get plenty of hours out of. And that's just the event titles. That's not counting the smaller titles or the, the, the AA titles or the indie titles. There, there's so much. You will not have enough time to play what's already out in the Switch, regardless of what they announce. So if you haven't picked one up and you're even remotely interested, it's absolutely worth giving the system Mm -hmm. a shot. If you've Never played a Nintendo IP. This is the system to give it a shot, just to see what it's like. You can get for twenty dollars extra. You know, you get the Nintendo Switch Online. You get all the NES and the SNES games that are on that platform right there. That alone. I mean, they have like Breath of Fire Two on there. Like that, you could put like fifty hours right in that on, right there. Uh, you know, you got you got so many great the Donkey Kong Country games and the, the original Zelda's and Mario's. Metroids, Super Metroids there. I mean, you, you have so much just in that alone that you don't even need to buy a game for a while, If you've, especially if you've never played the NES and the SNES. There's some timeless classics. So I think if you're just still on the fence for whatever reason in year five, uh, you think you should give it a shot. And if there's nothing that, that's come out on the Switch that interests you, everything else you know is on the other systems, that's okay too not every platform is for everybody not every game is for everybody you should absolutely play the things you enjoy and if that's fortnite or you know and that's what you're just play fortnite and you're completely happy you know what that is awesome because it's it's it takes those moments of joy that we have so few and far between in this world and you harness it so play what you enjoy enjoy what you enjoy but if you haven't given the switch a chance by this point i think you should at least take a look at it Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: I, I wholeheartedly. Agree with everything you guys just said. Um <laughs> well, uh Barry, it has been a pleasure. Uh, uh I want to thank you again for for coming on with us. Um
1: Absolutely. The honor's been mine.
0: <laughs> well thank you. Uh thank do, is you so there much. anything that you um wanna plug? I know we talked about your your various podcasts earlier, uh, but uh do you have anything that you wanna want to plug specifically Uh, nothing
1: specific but uh, you know if you are on Twitter uh, you could find me at Hawk Hellfire Uh, I'm always there I'm just love to chat love to talk video games Um, I'm quite active there Um, on Facebook uh, and on YouTube, you could find me at Nintendo Fuse, where you could find our podcast every other Tuesdays at 8:30 PM. We go live, uh, as well as a bunch of other shows. Like, like I said, like industry, we do industry talk, where I talk with different people in the industry, uh, as well as uh, you know, our, just our game chat reviews and a bunch of other fun videos. Um, the Switch Mania Playcast, you could also find that on all different platforms. Um, where, you know, anything you can do, podcasts, same with the Nintendo Fees podcast. So you could hear me both places there. And of course, premiumeditiongames.com where you can absolutely pick up our first two titles, Super Blood Hockey and Pigeon Dev Games Collection. They are still in stock as of this recording, but they are selling out. And uh, I just say, stay tuned. Uh, we do have a newsletter you can sign up for. There's a Discord. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will have more to discuss on future titles, including A Robot Named Fight soon.
2: Awesome, 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 awesome! I did
1: just follow you on Twitter. Oh well, now I have to follow you back. So there we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, yeah, there we go. Um, gotcha. Speaking Ooh, of that, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Hunting Pixels and the Culture Pop family of content. You can find Hunting Pixels on Twitter. Uh, actually, hang on before i before I go into this. I am very bad about running all of these social media sites except for Instagram, which I've been fairly consistent I'm getting better. I promise yes, you are. I'm, I'm, you making, really a, are. Uh, I'm making a, am making a pledge. Uh, I'm going to get myself hooked up with some sort of, uh, scheduling software and I'm going to schedule out making social media posts so I can yeah. be better. So, Follow us now because it's gonna get good.
2: <laughs> I, need to, I need to set up the because uh, I know you're not gonna do it because I know you don't, you're not gonna mess.
0: I'm it. not. I'm not touching TikTok, no sir. <laughs> it's not <laughs> happening.
2: I dude, I, I I wasn't gonna do it either until I started getting uh, until I got like a hundred thousand views on on a stupid little video in like twenty in like not twenty minutes. That's that's not true. Um, but in like the span of like five or six hours, and then I was like, okay, rolling with this. So I, well, there's going to be a hunting hunting pixels TikTok uh, w- I, soon.
0: <laughs> I have the spirit of like a, a 97 year old man, so that is it is not free. something that I will be <laughs> touching. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can find hunting pixels on Twitter at pixels hunting and on Instagram at hunting underscore pixels cb. Uh, I am personally on Twitter at the man 182 and on Instagram at bebotman182. And uh, I will finally, after a very long uh, three weeks off, I will be getting back to streaming on Twitch this week, uh, and I'll be starting my uh, my PS1 playthrough. So we're going to start with Metal Gear, and then we'll go from there. Um, sure. So, uh, Dylan, who is not with us tonight, uh, you can find him on Twitter at OMDizzy, on Instagram at OMDizzyTV. And... And he, he's probably gone now. But he was streaming earlier on Twitch at OmTizzy, and then finally we have Austin on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, on Instagram at Big Papa Stevens underscore or Big Papa Plays, on Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and unfortunately on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. <laughs> uh yeah. so yeah that's gonna do it for our show guys uh thank you again barry it was very it, it was a pleasure to have you on very nice and, to meet yeah. you yeah yeah
2: and thank uh, you so much brother this was uh <laughs> this was a I, I, i'm not gonna say it's the best special we've done but uh it, it's been pretty <laughs> it's been pretty rad it's been uh, a- so
1: this has been a joy and a pleasure as well and, and thank you uh, guys for having me and just a lot of fun you know i was always, always up for talking video games
0: yeah, always absolutely always. Well, uh, until next time, goodbye.